This is Catalog and Cocktails. Presented by Data.World. Uh, but it's time. Let's go move to our, our lightning round. So uh, this episode uh, in the lightning round is brought to you by Data.World, the data catalog for for data, who support your data mesh. And I'm going to kick it off. First question. So one of the things that we talked about is kind of shift left. So imagine you have your data stack. On the right is BI, dashboards, right? Reporting, analytics, ML, and all that stuff. Uh, as you move left, you have the data warehouse, your data lake, right? You have data modeling, you have data integration. Then you have like the source systems. Is the burden of good accessible metadata shifting left? Yes. Like, yeah, provide some context, so what, some short, uh, some quick context. Like, if, yes. we're, if, if we're generating the metadata and we're on the left, then yes, the burden's moving left. Like, that's just an implication, right? <laughs> Well, well, quick, quick, quick follow-up question to that is, um, you know, not just Fivetran, but also think about like all the sources that are to the left of you, right? All your sources, like, do, like, do, is there a burden that like, though, like you said, uh, Salesforce has pretty good descriptions, but in general, like, do they need to do a better job on the left side? Uh, such a hard answer. It's like I, in an ideal world, yes. In an mm -hmm. ideal world, uh, you know, some APIs are great, like Google ads and Facebook ads. They actually do a phenomenal job of describing their data. Um, it's it's just it's a cost. And it's like, this, you know, it, it is a cost and it's an amount of effort. And so who is committing to that effort? It's it's hard to impose it on the business units, as I said. Mm. Well, there has to be some incentives around that. So the question is, like, why does Google ads and stuff have really great metadata on that stuff? I mean, there's some incentives. Well, they're definitely incentive. People want them to go use and understand it, right? So yeah. people are making money about, on this. They've got about, what, 30 billion in quarterly incentives right there. <laughs> money <Yeah>. talks. Money <laughs> talks. At the end of the day, this is all about how much money we make, how much money we're saving. Yep. Yeah. Tim, right. you go next. Second question. So do you think that there will be a metadata standard that emerges in the next five years, like a popular standard? Yeah, and we want to be a part of that. We're like we in building our metadata app, API, we kind of looked at the, the landscape. Um, we like Apache Atlas was one that is pretty commonly adopted in like the Hadoop world. Uh, but it, you know, we really dug at that and it was pretty over engineered for what we're talking about. Uh, and so we're also talking, um, I think we're going to be joining open metadata and really trying to push that forward. And I'm really, I, I am hoping that as an industry, we can standardize not only around metadata, the next level problem is how do you describe policies programmatically so that they can be enforced? Mm -hmm. uh, and that there's like nothing today, like what, what we're seeing today is like Google Docs or, you know, Word Docs. And it's just like descriptions of like, this is what this type of policy is and this is how you apply it. And what I find interesting there too is that you have these policies, but then you have things like um, I like the folks at Great Expectations, and that there's some sort of the the quality is gets start combining. Like there's this there's this kind of thin line that kind of goes every. At, at the end of the day, it's all just um, it's just I mean everything's metadata here, and, and it's all connected. Um, all right, hmm. next question. Uh, so you all mentioned that one of the missions of Fivetran is to make data as reliable as electricity. Yeah. Are the data fabric or the data mesh trends helping accelerate that mish, mission or is it tangential or, or is it a distraction? Oh boy. Uh, 
<laughs> lightning round, lightning round. Lightning round, right? Yeah, it's like if our PR person is here, they're like, <laughs> data fabric is important. <laughs> um, you know, I think ultimately people are just trying to get their jobs done. And these are like useful concepts to keep in mind in terms of just framing of what you're trying to do. But I, I don't overly index on them. Like <laughs> there's jobs to be done. You got to move data. You have to transform data. You have to analyze data. Those are the really important jobs to be done. Mm. That that's an that's an honest no BS answer right there because I, I if I always say this if you just zoom out and you look at the principles around things yeah you got to move data from different places you got to do storage and compute on that data you got to do some analytics you got to use the data you got to just use the data like those are those principles that have been around for the last I don't know three decades and we're still doing that stuff so all these trends and all these fancy words around that continues around all these principles so yeah I'm, I'm with we're you definitely that. getting better and we're we're applying yeah. technology in much yeah. better ways so you know a hundred percent like the way we're dealing with data today is way freaking better how we're doing it 10 years ago 20 years ago and 30 years 100 percent, right but i think the principles behind that principles. continue to be yeah. the same and and, and and that's important because we're not just I mean, we're not reinventing the wheels here or anything even though a lot of people are reinventing the world. Anyways, I digress. Please go. Last final <laughs> question. Tim. Opportunity for another episode on that comment there. Um, so uh, fourth and final lightning round question. Um, is cloud data adoption the biggest driver of modern data integration tools like Fivetran really becoming popularized? Or, or are you finding that it's uh, another use case or, or sort of related use case? I mean, there's two big drivers. And one is just the explode. Like uh, when we, when, I was I joined number six at Fivetran. This was uh, six years ago, six and a half years mm -hmm. ago now. And um, our customer base was tech startups in the Bay Area. Like that was it. And then you know we expanded to tech startups in New York. And then you know over time that was like tech startups everywhere. And then we started adding in industry verticals. And now like every industry under the sun is a customer of Fivetran. And um, so what I'm trying to get at is two things for all of those like other industries. Uh, it's about a, a digital transformation. They're moving to the cloud. They're revisiting their technology stack, and they're looking at tools like um, like Snowflake or Databricks and what kind of transformable transformational things they can do with data that they never could before. Uh, and it's really exciting stuff for all those tech startups. It's just like greenfield. We're you know we're building a net new um, data stack. How fast can we get to insights that are actually providing value to the business? That's interesting. That distinction is very interesting. And uh, it's exciting to hear about, you know, the success you all have been having. All, all right. <laughs> TTT Tim, take us away with takeaways. We yeah. had a lot here. This has been great. I mean, there's been a ton of great takeaways from this conversation today. And so uh, I'll summarize and then I'll kind of pass it off to, to Juan. So first of all, um, you really talked about, you know, what is metadata? Well, it's data about the data, but more than that, in Fivetran's case, it's uh, it's the data about what's happening and who's responsible for what's happening. Um, and you mentioned that there are sort of two core use cases that in general, y'all have been thinking uh, about around metadata and especially with the, the metadata API that you launched and the data.world um, has integrated with and launched our integration around the sort of two main use cases. One is around discovery uh, and the other one is around compliance. And uh, an example you gave that I thought was very astute and we see a little too much of in the news these days is uh, things like Citibank getting fined a huge amount and you know cataloging wasn't enough and they weren't uh, applying all the policies that they needed to 
at that at that ground level. So um, we started to talk a little bit about sort of governance and the role of governance, automated data governance. How can metadata be shown as structured information that catalogs and other tools can consume? And then the reverse direction, be able to inform about, you know, back to those other systems, so you can actually operate or operationalize that data. I think the term these days that a lot of people are talking about, we, we didn't explicitly mention it in our podcast today, is sort of like activating your metadata or, you know, active metadata. There's definitely a lot of interesting things that are possible around there that can help to automate data governance. Um, we asked, you know, what's the result we're driving for here? And you're like, hey, if the CIO or the head of compliance can stay, uh, you know, they can sleep well at night, then, you know, and that could be a really good outcome. Um, you know, no triple digit million fines. Uh, that's probably pretty good. Um, you know, being able to have controls around all of this. And then uh, and then data contracts came up as a really important mechanism uh, that we could be leveraging to really try to make, uh, you know, metadata useful, but also to really create these uh, expectations and dependencies and manage them better within our enterprises around data. Um, and I think you gave a good description of a contract. You said that it's an interface. There are two parties and what is the interface between them? Um, and there's an expectation that the provider is going to meet the expectations of that interface. Um, and you walk through a lot of different ways that you can do that around testing and reliability, around uh, people responsibility, um, around, uh, uh, you know, if a test fails, can you notify the right people? And that's something y'all are doing on the Fivetran side. Um, and you talked a little bit about static contracts versus dynamic contracts. And I think that's a really important topic because I think that, um, you know, uh, Fraser, you and I are both product guys. Uh, and so we know that... Um, you know, you got to manage expectations and, you know, a lot of times you, you make these commitments around roadmap and things like that, but occasionally the business situation changes or the landscape changes and it can't only be static. We have to be dynamic. We have to be agile. And that's just the, the way that we can be successful and be dynamic as organizations. So that's some of my big takeaways. Juan, what about you? I got, I got several here. So first of all, we talked, the fundamental challenge of data cataloging is how do you get people to describe the business process, right? We kind of already do the easy things, which is let's get the metadata in, but the really hard thing, which is kind of the, the opportunity that I feel that we were missing out a lot is people describing their business process. You hope that the data represents that as, as best as possible, usually via the data modeling and lots of cross-functional collaboration and business expertise, but we really need to get the business under cataloging those business processes, business questions. I We, we talk about the 80-20 rule, like, yeah, 80% of BI projects fail. And how is that even possible, right? The, the, the past model has always been the data architects are trying to have like this crystal ball where they're trying to figure out what, what is the model that would be most useful. And then with the ELT model, it has allows the data to be replicated and you can do the modeling next. And this is definitely kind of the, a good first step, a big change and very valuable. But the second thing that we need to go focused on is to get out of the room and go meet with the business, go meet and understand with the people. I think this is the big shift. This is why it goes back to one of the things that you brought up is all problems are people problems, a lack of collaboration. Uh, we had a discussion about being proactive on metadata, like what's in addition to kind of just being the protection side. Uh, you guys are really focusing on data profiling and PII detection, right? And I think the the the, the spectrum, kind of the different angles to look at is what's your company size and what's your data maturity, right? If you're a smaller company, yeah, make sure you're growing your company. Mm -hmm. But at some point, you're going to start, once you get bigger, you need to really start getting into that next space of how we're going to mature around things. We, we not surprisingly, we brought up a little bit about streaming. I love what you said is as soon as things go sub 30 seconds, you're imposing a 10x cost and a 10x complexity. Do you really need that? Ask yourself that. 
And one of the things that you're really focused on is on the reliability of the data. So some pipelines are very mission critical, some are less so. So how do I identify, we know that what are those mission critical pipelines and we're keeping track of them. And uh, what's next for metadata? We really need to get this data governance thing right. All right, that, how did we do anything we missed? You nailed it, gentlemen. I'm I'm impressed that you had that many notes. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'm on my phone. So that's what we're doing. So we've done this a hundred times. times. We have too much practice now. It's ridiculous. <laughs> While we're drinking and I'm jet lagged and it's the 10, 11 PM now over here. So yeah. <laughs> all right, Frazier, back to you. Three questions. One, what's your advice about data, about life, whatever? Second, who should we invite next? And third, what are the resources that you follow that you should suggest other people to follow to? I will start with the first, um, like keep it simple. Like almost everything is better when you just simplify it down. Uh, yeah, keep it simple. I, I'll go to my, I read a lot of Hacker News, uh, follow some folks on Twitter, uh, you know, just in very, like it, it's, it never, um, the, the data intelligentsia is like, you know, very loud and talkative and uh, yeah, it's interesting to, you know, keep an eye on, but I, I like just focus on the outcomes that you're driving. So you're, you're creating value because ultimately that's why we're all here is creating value for the, the folks that are dependent on us. Right. And, um, and then finally, who you should have next. Um, I recently had a great conversation with Sahir. Uh, I can't remember his last name, the CPO of MongoDB. Uh, I don't know if that's how relevant that is to you, but had a phenomenal no. conversation with him. Uh, but that was more on like, uh, anyways, uh, who else in data? George, actually our CEO. Uh, if you want to ever talk about databases of all forms and types, George is one of the most knowledgeable people. Uh, and he, he, I always enjoy talking with George. So I recommend having George here. Interesting. We All should right. have George on at yeah. some point. Yeah. I think the last time we had a deep talk on databases, it was with uh, the CEO and founder of Neo4j. Yeah, with an ML of friend. Yeah, yeah. That, was a, that was a good one because we we did a whole kind of gamut on not just graph databases, but what's just the database uh, kind of market. Yeah, we might be into. due for another, another round of that. Yeah, that would be a good mm -hmm. one. Yeah. Actually, okay. a little secret that in those early days of Fivetran, I, we didn't believe that data integration was a very big market. And so every year we're like, okay, we're going to do data integration for another year. And then we're going to have to figure out what the next thing is. And, uh, and George was always like running in his spare time, a Presto cluster and like just, you know, messing around with Presto. And he was like, we should really launch your own data warehouse. And I was always like, George, stop it. Like, stop it. We need to focus <laughs> on this data integration thing for just one more year. And then each year it was like, hmm, the market's like 10 times bigger than we thought. It's like, hmm, it's 10 times bigger than we thought. And it just kept getting bigger. And now it's like, oh my God, this is a really big, big, hairy problem. And we're just going to be doing this forever. So. <laughs> Oh, I'm glad you stuck with it. No, no, I always say the, the joke I always say, repeating talks is like, we can take a rocket to space, we can bring it back to Earth, it can land on a platform in the middle of the ocean, but it, we still can't say if these two spreadsheets match. And right, integrating this data is so hard. So, wait, is data integration harder than rocket science? I'm like, actually, rocket science is it's 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 a natural science, right? I can I mean, I have to go deal with people and then data integration, as you said, there's a lot of people stuff. And hey, people, humans, we're complex. <laughs> so well, this is just a little secret for you, but these things overlap. Uh we replicate data from the space station. Oh. 
It all well, comes full circle. So I got it. Okay. So <laughs> tomorrow we're giving a talk. Well, we're not giving a talk. One of our colleagues, yeah. Emily Pick, is giving a talk together with 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 one web, one of our customers. And the title of the talk is "Data from Space to Users in Minutes." So that's a great that talk. Too. Anything space <laughs> and data together is is great. all right. We love this. All right, so we got to wrap up. Uh, next week we have Rupal Sumaria, who is head of data governance at Penguin Random House. So I think it's a good after following this conversation, we'll get into some data governance conversations next week, and we will both be live together from Austin. So yeah, exactly back, back, back home. And and tomorrow, September twenty second, oh. is the Data World Summit. So um, I don't know exactly when this is this episode is going to drop, but for those that are watching online right now, definitely register for that. And and if you end up missing it, uh, the live summit, definitely check out the recording of it at data.world. And we're finishing live, but we will be again live tomorrow. And then we'll get hit the podcast. Uh, just giving our, uh, our takeaways. takeaways of the, of all the things that we looked at big data London. Yeah. So same time tomorrow, Wednesday, Thursday, I don't know what day it is, Thursday, 4 PM central mm -hmm. or something like that. Anyways, so much stuff, 100 episodes. Frazier, thank you so, so much. Thanks to Data Art World who's led us to this for 100 episodes. Mm -hmm. And we're so happy to be working with you, Fivetran, and all the metadata goodness that we're all doing together. So cheers to metadata and cheers to 100 episodes and cheers to Fivetran and Data World. Cheers, Frazier. Cheers. Yeah. Well, Juan, good luck with your first child in a month. And uh, I hope you take a long paternity leave and don't do the podcast. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm taking a two. There's a two week break. Okay, there. you've timed I it. I timed it. I timed it. <laughs> we'll see. This will be in my little vac. I'll be able to escape an hour. We'll see. That's pretty short. That's pretty short. <laughs> no, I'm taking, I'm taking. I'm taking over a month for sure. Okay. But okay. I'm taking one hour out of the third and fourth week just to go do this. So. All right. Well, good luck. All right. Thanks. Cheers.